All right, hello everyone again. Uh, so I hope you all enjoyed the chicken pot pies. Um, all right, so before we start the, the Q&A, uh, I just want to remind everyone that uh, today's session is available online at SACPA's website. Um, and that uh, next week, the, um, the session will be about um, <laughs> uh, dating and relationships and how it's evolved um, and whether or not matchmaking is back in style. Um, hopefully you've all noticed uh, on your little dessert there was a little chocolate heart from Knud uh, just to get you all in the mood for next week's uh, session. Uh, so... Uh, just a couple of reminders, um, just sort of short topical comments, if you have any, are welcome. Um, nothing too long, please, and um, just to be respectful with your questions. Um, with that, I think I'll let, let Kelty go ahead, um, and if you want to go ahead and get started lining up, thanks so much. Hello, my name is uh, Knut Peterson. I would love to... Uh, ask you a question, but before that, I'll thank you for coming here. That was, uh, I think it's a really good topic in a big Vermont, you know, it's yeah, things you. are happening around us. Uh, and, and with that, I'll, I'll relate to, there was a poll recently about uh, your very topic, and most people were not in favor, and yet, just yesterday, there was a poll about fracking in your backyard, and most people were actually in favor of that. <laughs> so, where's our values? Um, I think Lethbridge is itself is an interesting city to, uh, to kind of be aware of. Um, I Oh, it's so difficult. Polling is such an interesting problem for when you're discussing different topics like this because it's entirely dependent on the knowledge base of the people you're asking. So if people, if you just ask the blanket question, are you in favor of chickens in Lethbridge? Well, I would, I personally would answer no. I'm not in favor of chickens in Lethbridge. And the reason why I would answer no to that is because chickens implies that you're allowed roosters and I don't want that. I don't want to be woken up at four in the morning by a rooster crowing. Um, in terms of the fracking question, I think there's a lot of knowledge base that's missing on, on the topic of fracking and its, its impact in, on local watersheds, and that's a bit of a concern. So, yeah, it's a topic right now. Thank you very much. I almost didn't come because it's cold outside. It's Carol freezing. Darmody is my name. And I want to show people this book. It's one of my favorite books of all times. Birdology by Cy Montgomery. It's just full of chicken stories and, and um, even stories about a relative that's 150 pounds called a castle worry and from Papua New Guinea and it's being known to kill humans if, if humans are in its way. Yeah. Um, but um, I grew up with chickens in Lethbridge. I didn't realize it was illegal, <laughs> but it, it was our rooster that eventually, <laughs> I, the neighbors are really good for a long time. And then we had a rooster called Pecky who 
got carried away at four in the morning and mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, Peggy had to go. But um, chickens can live 15 years, you know, when yes. they're well looked after and they've got personalities and understand a lot of words, but highly recommended this book. Thank you very much. Birdology. I don't think you can find the word birdology in the dictionary, but it's very appropriate for this book. Just on the note of uh, growing up with chickens in Lethbridge, there are a number of ho households in the city that the city is aware of, and they do have hens already. And some of them do have roosters. I was talking with a, uh, an animal control officer a couple of weeks ago when I was at City Hall, and he's like, yeah, I had to go chase a rooster through a snowbank the other day, and it was not fun. <laughs> Don't chase them. Just let them bed down. They're easier to pick up that way. <laughs> Hi, my name is Henning Mundell. Uh, just a quick comment about that survey. First of all, it's not a survey. It's people's uh, just log on to a question, answer yes or no. Okay. But secondly, you don't want a majority of people to have uh, urban chickens in town. It doesn't matter if 90% don't want the 10% mm -hmm. that want. That's the ones you're trying to target. My yes. question to you in that context is, you didn't show us any, I don't think, Mm -hmm. And uh, you didn't mention anything about overwintering, i.e. today it's pretty cold. Yes. Are you talking about just seasonal urban chicken or also overwintering? That's and a great question. And what kind question. of costs are associated with that? That is a great question. So uh, in, on the vein of overwintering, um, it actually came up at my table. The question was asked, like, would a chicken survive on a day like today? And the answer is, well, yes. Um, if the coop is properly built, and there would be inspections on coops, if, the, if a pilot program goes ahead, the recommendation is that coops would be inspected. If a coop is properly built and properly insulated, hens have no problem with this kind of weather. Um, Edmonton has a chicken program, an urban hen program, that is participated in with over 50 households, and they haven't had any bird freezing deaths yet. Um, and the reason for that is you just know what you're, you learn and you, you know what you're doing. So build a well-constructed coop that's properly insulated. You can also get heating lamps for the inside of coops. Um, that would need to be very specifically and carefully wired because it is a fire hazard. My personal preference when it comes to heating outdoor spaces is actually an electronic heating pad. You can get them for dog houses now. That in the bottom of the coop will keep it nice and toasty warm. But even if your coop is well insulated and well built and isn't drafty, the hens themselves can keep themselves warm up to minus 45 degrees depending on the breed you're getting. They just fluff up their feathers really big and create that little insulating pocket. So they do overwinter fairly well. Hi, Leona Jacobs. Um, I'm prompted, I have a curiosity and I'm prompted because I heard something on the radio about a week ago dealing with hens and mm -hmm. basically the disposal of their waste. So. You didn't actually mention what happens when you're cleaning your coop. What do you do with the stuff that you're taking out of the coop and, and uh, where does it go? Excellent question. So there's a couple of different methods to dispose of chicken waste. Chicken waste is uh, or can be a health hazard. So education around this topic is important and would be covered in educational programs. Um, if you have a compost pile, you can compost chicken waste. It just has to get up to 45 degrees Celsius within your pile. So you just have to make sure everything is well turned. And chicken compost is actually really rich in nitrogen, so it's excellent for your garden soil if it's properly composted. If you're in a household like me where we don't compost our waste, we actually take it to uh, the yard waste disposal sites 
uh, on the west side when we cut our lawn, um, that's where all of it goes. It can go into that as well. That's totally fine. Just like, you know, any pet feces as well. So, yeah. Hi, Mike McKay. Um, I really enjoyed your talk. And during lunch, I, I had a bit of an idea because I really enjoyed that chicken pot pie. It's delicious, isn't it? And I'm wondering, like, <clears throat> is there a way that you can get buy chickens, say, in the spring that are mm -hmm. ready to lay eggs all summer and then maybe have chicken pot pie in November so you're not out there in the cold looking after them? So that is a question that does come up quite a bit, um, and it has to do with slaughtering legislation. So um, most of the programs throughout the province, Red Deer specifically, if we're looking at that as, as kind of an example, they have a no slaughter rule. So you would not be allowed to slaughter your own hens on your own property. So that's very specific because they don't really want kids, you know, oh, I'm going to peek over into the backyard and see a chicken today, and nope, it's butchering day. So <laughs> it depends on kind of the direction the city of Lethbridge wants to go. That being said, um, some conversations with local farmers in the area, they would support a program where interested people who did not want to overwinter their hens could feasibly take them outside the city to a farm and have a processing day. They are food animals. It depends on your philosophy around the birds. So personally, I would overwinter my birds because the heritage hens I plan on getting would survive 12 to 15 years. And they're, to me, they're family pets, then they just give me eggs for breakfast. But it depends on your personal philosophy and how the city kind of want to works that. Yeah, and some of us old guys got drug out and were five years old to watch the chickens run around without their heads. There's a, there's a different methodology these days. <laughs> yeah. My name is Mark Gettle. I'm just wondering about the nutrition. I believe that they would probably feed on all your food scraps. Yes. But what else would they need? And then what would be the cost? Like, do you, do you have the, some sort of a cost analysis of how much each egg would cost me in the end? Um, well, it depends on the efficiency of your chickens and the breeds you get and kind of where your food is coming from. So one of the attractive things about chickens for myself is I own a brewing company here in town, and our main organic waste product is spent grain. And so it's really high in protein, and it actually makes superb chicken feed. So I can get all of my feed for free. And I can tell you right now, as someone who pays regularly for our spent grain to be picked up at the brewery, if other chicken owners in the city wanted to come and get some free feed, 100% that will be available to them. Um, your kitchen scraps are a great source of feed. Everything from, and when you think of chicken feed, you're thinking like vegetables and grains primarily. They also eat meat. Chickens are omnivorous. Um, they will eat mice if they can get to them. Like, they're quite vicious. The way I like to talk about chickens is remember, they are literally tiny dinosaurs. Yeah. So <laughs> they're, <laughs> I mean, they will eat pretty much anything they can get their hands on, or beaks on, I guess. Um, <laughs> the the cost-benefit analysis of keeping chickens, it's a little bit tricky. It depends on your heating costs and your coop, how well your coop is constructed. Like, if you're going to break it down that far, if you're looking at feed, it's cheaper to keep chickens than buy eggs on the regular at a supermarket, for sure. For myself, personally, it's not really about cost-saving measures, and it's more about self-sufficiency and, and ethical treatment of hens. Yeah. Are any other questions? 
Hi, my name is Mary McLean. Thank you very much for your talk. It's very interesting. Thank you. Um, uh, I used to keep chickens and they were free range because I was in that kind of environment. Mm -hmm. But I also met a lady who in the 20s and 30s, her family raised chickens for eggs in open cages outdoors. Mm -hmm. They couldn't protect their birds from the wild bird diseases in that situation. So that's why egg production went into battery cages indoors mm -hmm. to a more controlled environment. How can you speak to the effects of West Nile, etc., and other endemic wild bird diseases affecting the chickens? That's a great question, and something I actually do need to do a little bit more research on as we get further into the discussion around chickens. Um, there are some inoculations that you can give your hens uh, to protect them. It obviously will not always work, and so if the nice thing about having a small number in a very small and closely regulated coop is that the minute you notice anything going wrong with them, it can be dealt with either by a veterinarian or by animal services and that would be a requirement of any, any kind of program that the city passes. Um, because coops can also be built to insulate really well and you can prevent the, the contact between wild bird species and hen, the hens, um, you should be able to pretty much mitigate the diseases fairly well, one would hope. But in the event that it doesn't happen and you, the hens have to be destroyed, that's also dealt with. Thank you for that question. Hi, thanks for your talk, it was excellent. You've obviously done your homework. I was just wondering if you could give us a timeline of, you went last fall, wasn't it, to the mm -hmm. city of Lethbridge. From there on, what's going to happen with the city and this, uh, like a small pilot project that yeah. they may allow? Do you have a timeline for this happening? We don't. Lethbridge? We don't have a timeline. Um, one of the things we were asking for is a pilot project that would allow certain interested households to set up in the city and just run it. Basically, what Red Deer did was they developed a policy, put a pilot program in place, ran the pilot program for two years, and then determined if they wanted to permanently change their bylaw. That's what we were hoping for. Um, the city of Lethbridge has determined instead it will move forward with a public interest survey, which should be coming out relatively soon. Um, we don't know what questions are on the survey. We don't know when that survey will be released. Um, the results of that survey are due back to council by March 31st, so they're running out of time. So it'll be interesting to see how the administration kind of handles that, and then based on the results of that survey, the city can then, the council can then vote to move forward with the pilot project or not. So we don't even know if this is something that's gonna happen. We really hope that it is, and we'll be working with the city as much as we can, but we don't have a timeline. Sounds great. Thank you. Any other questions? Um, I have a, a quick question. Um, maybe you can speak a little bit about um, where you got your coop and how um, you sort of mitigate kind of external animals. Like we had, we're talking about kind of cats and other sort of predators to chickens and, and how yeah. you can kind of avoid issues there. So um, I already do have a coop set up in my backyard, which is technically illegal. Um, don't tell the city. Um, it's obviously not housing anything right now, but it is, it is built. I purchased it at the Homestead Show and Market from Friesen Food Supply, which is a uh, feed store, I believe, located or was located in Fort McLeod. They have since closed, um, so I got a wicked deal on my coop because it was like going out of business sale. 
Um, you can buy them from PV Mart here in town. They actually have stock. They you can also get them online or you can get plans and just construct your own. It doesn't need to be pre-built. Um, I probably, after constructing mine, there's some flaws with it and I don't like the design or the way it cleans. So I'll probably take it apart and Frankenstein it into something a little bit more practical. Um, the bottom, the floor in mine actually pulls out and it's a tray it doesn't work super well, especially since it's wood on wood, so it doesn't slide super great. So, And I also don't want the chickens to be like in the coop and then suddenly the floor drops out from under them. <laughs> that would be terrifying for them. Um, so there's a lot of different coop designs and stuff. Um, the biggest predator issue in Lethbridge is domesticated cats and falcons. So you have to worry about like large predatory birds. So you have to have make sure that your chicken run actually has a roof over top of it. And chicken wire does great for that. Um, there's even a method, I was watching a YouTube video, there's a farm out in, in um, I think it's Pennsylvania, and they actually just have an open air run, so they don't have any coverage for their hens. And then what they did is they strung fishing wire, colorful fishing wire, and that is enough to prevent hawks, because if the hawks can see that there's a barrier, they won't swoop and try and get the chickens. So um, there's a couple of different tactics. Digging animals like badgers um, are also predatory to chickens. So you need, do need to sink the footings of your, your fencing a little bit, um, but it's relatively easy to manage. Yeah. I mean, my, f my backyard has a concrete base on its fence, so nothing digs under my fence anyway. I would only be really worried about cats hopping over. Yeah. Yes. I'm Beth Lindelatherstone. Thank you very much for your talk. Thank you. <clears throat> and my questions are about predators. Uh -huh. Some of the others you haven't talked about. <laughs> the main ones we have around here in the city and the county surrounding the area are um, raccoons, mm -hmm. and we also have badgers. Yep. Um, there are various, various carnivorous animals around here. Um, for those of us who live along the coulees, um, we can even get cougars coming up and, mm -hmm. um, yeah, skunks, <laughs> all kinds of things. But especially the raccoons, because they're so smart yes. and so destructive, they can get into the cages. Yes, it depends on coop construction. Um, and again, really mitigating those those right off the bat with, with solid construction on your chicken runs. The nice thing is a lot of the predators that we're discussing are uh, fairly nocturnal. So you won't see them around the coops uh, during the day and hens put themselves to bed at night. So you just go in and you close up your coop and it should be just fine. Um, very rarely will a hen actually choose to sleep outdoors. They're very much, hey, I'm gonna go in to where it's safe and warm and where the food and water is. Um, we were discussing at our table that um, someone was visiting a coop and brought a kitten with them and the hens were clucking and then they saw the kitten and they kind of froze and then they're like lined up and went inside the coop to get away from the cat. So if the hens themselves know that there's predatory danger, they will actually remove themselves from it. Am I allowed a second question? It won't be controversial at all. <laughs> uh, as we all do, uh, hens has the best before date. <laughs> uh, 
That was one of the questions at City Hall. Uh, yeah. What do you do with the chicken when, uh, with, the, with the hens when they kind of uh, when they a, when they stopped one, laying got one foot in the grave, so yeah. to speak? Um, just like any other pet. So it again, it depends on if you're looking for a slaughter program or if you're looking for, um, you know, when your dog gets old, you send it over the Rainbow Bridge. Um, you can do the same thing with hens. So you can actually get them euthanized. It costs um, to put a dog down on a vet veterinary office in Lethbridge. I actually looked it up. Um, it's about $175, depending on the size of the dog. <laughs> hens should be cheaper. Um, <laughs> And if you're from an old farming family, you know exactly how to deal with that situation. Yeah. Um, again, slaughter rules within the city of Lethbridge might prevent you from doing anything on your own property. Um, but taking it out to a farm and disposing of it responsibly is, is an option as well, as most farm families tend to like to do. Yeah. Um, there was, during the discussion at council um, that Knut is referring to, uh, one of the counselors brought up an incredulous number that it costs $1,000 to dispose of a chicken, and I have no idea where that number came from. Um, it doesn't even cost $1,000 to get rid of a dog. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Terry Shillington, thank you very much for a very interesting presentation. Thanks. Um, I probably should know the answer to this because I grew up on a farm where hens were laying, mm -hmm. but... But how many eggs do hens produce, and uh, yeah, what's the production that you could expect from a hen? Depends on the breed. So. And I hope. Uh, secondly, I hope you'd make some comments about about breeds and their different attributes. Yeah. Um, so that is something that I'm still researching myself, learning all about the different types of breeds there are. So there's two schools of thoughts around hang or laying hens. Um, there's the production hens, which last two to four years, and they produce one to two eggs every single day uh, under controlled circumstances. Um, once they're finished their peak production at typically four years, their lifespan is over, they die. Um, it's not that they're taken out and slaughtered, it's that actually they're finished. And they were genetically bred to do that. Um, heritage breeds, like the ones we're interested in, uh, the last slide in the show, all of the chickens in the, in the slideshow were heritage breeds, um, these guys. They can live between 12 and 14 years, and their production can be anywhere from six to 10 years. So it depends on the climate, the chicken, the genetics, also um, how stressed were they during their lifetime can have an impact. Um, and at the end of that peak laying period, again, it's your own personal kind of feeling on how you wanna deal with that. For myself personally, they gave me eggs for eight years, they're a pet. They're going to hang out. We're going to have some good times in their retirement. Yeah, I'll probably wind up knitting them sweaters. <laughs> they can. Um, so a typical heritage breed hen like a light Brahma will lay five to seven eggs a week. Um, so some days you'll get, a hen, you'll get an egg from a hen, and then one every couple of days it might not. If you have four hens in a coop and everyone's laying on average five eggs a week, that's 20 eggs a week. That's a significant amount of eggs, even for myself and my husband, um, who eat eggs constantly. So <laughs> we actually tracked it. We go through like a dozen a week. So 20 a week is going to be real fun. Um, deviled eggs for all of the friends. 
But yeah, so it really depends on, on the, the bird and the, the breed you're getting. Some of them last a lot longer. Yeah, I just have a comment. I, had a, I have a colleague who used to have chickens here, illegal chickens for a long time. Mm -hmm. And he told me what he'd do when he didn't like his chicken anymore was not laying. He'd just call up a hot ride colony and they'd be happy to come and pick up the live chickens. So I think if this ever became uh, allowed in, in Lethbridge, I'm sure we could arrange something so that people who didn't want their chickens anymore wouldn't have to spend $1,000 or $100 <laughs> to euthanize them. Yeah. They would just have them picked up and they would be happily taken by people who would like the Hutterites. Yeah, and that is one of the benefits of living in southern Alberta. We do have contact with a lot of excellent farming communities around the city. Um, the farmer that I'm talking to who supplies hens to other, like chicks to other farmers on a regular basis, that's part of his business, um, he gets them flown, chicks are sent through the mail. Not sure if anybody knew that. Um, but they arrive in a box and you go pick them up at the post office and uh, he will sex them and and make sure that they're, they're hens and not roosters. And then uh, if you ever, your life circumstances change and you need to give the hen back, he'll take it back. It's all good. He's like, I have a giant farm. I can keep as many chickens as I want. So um, that is the relationships that we're also working on building through the commu online community is having those avenues for my life circumstances just changed. I got a job in another city. I have to move. What do I do with my hens? Well, there's 15 people in the community that can take them for you. Yeah. Following the example of our illustrious chairman here, mm -hmm. I'm having a second question. Excellent. Uh, you mentioned about, in your situation, that those non-laying hens will be your pets. Mm -hmm. How does the bylaw need to be written that you still have laying hens then when you have for now, for next year, for next year, or whatever, non-laying hens around. Yes. And you're only allowed to have four. So if I'm only allowed to have four and I'm choosing that those four will be non-laying because they're all the same age and they've all stopped laying, that's, that's on me. Then no more eggs. No more eggs for me oh, okay. until they're done. Yeah. Or maybe I'll send them to the farm and, or two of them to the farm and pick up two more that are laying. So it's, it's an, your coop management is entirely on an individual basis. Well, they have personalities. Some of them might be a little rude. The rude ones will go to the farm. <laughs> yeah. We've already named all of our hens as well. They're named after the musketeers. We don't even own them yet, but we, we have names for them. Yeah. Um. All right, so I think we'll, we'll wrap things up pretty quick here. Uh, so I, I'd just like to have the final question. Um, so for people who are in support of the potential pilot project, do you have any suggestions on what we can do to um, make this move forward? Yeah, so um, as the city council is looking for public feedback, um, just having a really honest conversation about what this pilot project or what a bylaw change might mean for the city. Um, if you run into anyone who's like hardcore, no, I don't think hens should be in the city, just kind of ask them why. And a lot of the times, the excuses will be the same that we talked about. Disease, smell, noise, and our animal shelter will suddenly be overrun with unwanted hens. Um, none of those are particularly accurate for urban hen keeping. They might be accurate for other parts of the world. We can design a program specific to Lethbridge that can mitigate all of those problems. So just really educate all of your uh, friends and family and 
when the survey comes out from the city, hopefully soon, regardless of your opinion on it, make sure the city knows what you want. Um, if the survey results come back and 90% of Lethbridge is saying, hell no, we don't want hens, um, that's unfortunate for people like me who really do, but that's the decision of the city, so we're willing to live with it. Thank you very much.